the way I see it, there are many marketeers within a company. I mean, everybody who has a touch point uh, that connects them with the audience or customer is a marketeer, in my opinion. Memorable Marketing by Media Group is a podcast where we interview leading CMOs, business innovators, entrepreneurs, experts on all things marketing, brands, campaigns, and awareness. My name is Thomas Mai, and I'm your host. Today we're interviewing Lisbeth Stolberg, who is very interesting CMO. She just left her job literally two days ago, and she's starting a new job tomorrow. And I really want to do this podcast where she's in between jobs, because what are the challenges when you're starting a new job? So we talk about that, and we also talk about Lisbeth and I have a common background in the film business. We talk about how using some of those marketing tools, how they translate into any business. And then we talk about her new job, which is to sell houses. So stay tuned for a great episode. There's a lot to learn, actually, for the publishing industry, looking more towards um, the film industry. If the numbers aren't there, you're not going to be able to make any stories. Lisbeth Stolberg, so good to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much, Thomas. Thank you. Now, you are in a very peculiar situation because you are literally in between jobs. You start a new job as a CMO tomorrow. But as today of this recording, you have left the old company last week before the weekend and you are starting tomorrow. So you have like three days where you are in no man's land. So today we're going to have a discussion about changing jobs, changing businesses, changing what we do and how the things we go in life. So let's start about um, who, who are you, Lisbeth? That's a very good question, Thomas. I ask myself every morning, who am I? I'm a mother, sister, daughter, friend, but I'm a marketeer professionally. Good. And you and I have known each other for a long time because you used to be in the film business and I used to be in the film business. So we go a little bit way back to then and you did distribution and you would help market films. So, and after that, you had several other companies. But the job you just left, you were at a book publisher. What's the difference between promoting a film and promoting a book? Is that the same or is it completely different? Um, it's actually very similar, but there are definitely some differences in how the industries work um, because. Um, you can say, I think the film industry is extremely accomplished in sort of brand building and working with what I define as sort of the pre-hype phase of a project and a film uh, in a different way than that I have experienced the sort of publishing industry doing it. That, that's a lot to learn, actually, for the publishing industry, uh, looking more towards um, the film industry. And that's, of course, what I've been trying to work with in the company I have been with. When you were in the film business, which was a while ago, there was this almost pre-social media. Back then, you were hyping a film. You were, you know, trailers, posters. That was sort of it, right? Um, that You make it sound so simple, Thomas. <laughs> Before was that Facebook, really it? Before social media, before <laughs> Google, yes. Weren't life very simple? <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. Um, I guess 
What I think would be really interesting to talk about regarding the film industry is the way um, you work on a project. Um, because when a project is born, the idea of a film, um, you gather so many different competencies and put them together in a room. You have maybe just an idea of a story you would love to make. And then you start to sit down and discuss uh, how could we develop this idea? Uh, who would be the right persons to attach to the product? to the project, you know, a director, a writer, actors. Um, and I think this whole way of thinking, go-to-market strategy very, very early on, is something that um, they're very good at in some industries, but also I have experienced after I left the film industry that this is something, this is a knowledge I have been able to bring in to other, to the companies I have been in, because... It, it's typically not as, um, I don't know, in the film industries for us, I think, who's worked there, it's just this is how we do it. This is how we work together. But I think a lot of even, you know, modern organizations, they are not as mature, actually, in working in teams and sort of this very project-oriented way of working. Um, and I think in that sense, I think people coming out of the film industry um, are quite strong in thinking organizational structure and team structures, uh, which are typical, very typically very helpful today, where um, you know we have we don't really succeed if we don't know how to work together as teams in our companies. That's that's very interesting we're saying that. So you said because you were part of the pre planning process, the, the before the actual production, you were part of the, the marketing is already a part of it before the film is even conceived, before the film is even shot. And in other industries, you only start the marketing when the product is ready, when the book is about to be published. Is that so? Your marketing comes in at a later angle, and you feel it's harder when the marketing comes in later, or? Yes, definitely. I think it's um, it's crucial that marketing is part a very very plays a big part in developing the project, uh, and uh, and also that you also you know have enough time to actually create the whole sort of branding and campaign around the product in due time. Um, and I think one of the other strengths of uh, doing it when you work with a film is that they're so good at using uh, press. Uh, the whole PR part of, um, of launching a film, I mean, it plays a huge role. Uh, but I think PR is maybe a little, I don't know if it's underestimated or it's just not thought at you don't think about PR in other companies the way you do when you do a film. I mean, just now, uh, there's just been the Cannes Film Festival. And, and we know, Thomas, that usually at the festivals, that's where you start announcing new projects because you know you have the world press there. Um, you know, there's a lot of attention. So if you bring a director, you know, you fly down a director and, a, and a, you know, a few lead actors, you can, you know, you can really have a huge announcement uh, and there's not, you know, they haven't filmed one minute yet. 
it's just saying, you know, when we're going to start doing this project and actually you can still, you can maybe even close your financing. Yeah, so, that often point. they don't have the financing, they're just <laughs> often, pitching the often, idea. <laughs> maybe the financing isn't even there. Maybe it will um, never be there, but that's a different story. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then it's also a great way to break, you know, and start having audiences anticipate this film that's going to come out in two years, in three years. Um, and that just tells me something about how important it is to work with, you know, what I define as the, the pre-hype phase. Um, it's a, it can be a very, very long phase where you talk about, you brand build, you create the sort of anticipation with your audience um, before you, you know, you launch your product. And um, it usually just creates a much better result when you have that time. Um, so for me, that has been a little different um, in the publishing industry because usually we don't um, we don't work with projects the same way. I mean, um, we don't spend as much time in the developing process. I mean, maybe it's also because a, a film is such a you know big investment. And team like, effort. You can't. One man and cannot team make a effort. film. Yeah. And yeah. you have to really. Um, you have like you know the opening weekend is crucial for the success. Uh, so there's uh, there's so much risk uh, in creating a film, whereas maybe writing a book it's a different process. It's typically one author and an editor working together very closely, um, and then. You know the risks are lower, and I I just think it's sort of maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, the industry don't work exactly in the same way. And how have you managed when you were at Google Day, the company you literally just left a couple of days ago? How did you manage to take this knowledge from the film industry and bring it into the book publishing? How did that affect it? How did you change that? Um, first of all, I've. Um, I've created, um, I've helped create a different organizational structure where we uh, start, started working in teams. So we created a commercial team that was connected to an editorial branch. It could be um, nonfiction, fiction, or our sort of children and youth brand. So each editorial department had their own commercial team supporting them. Um, and the commercial team would then consist of somebody from marketing, sales, press, um, and also our group agency selling our international rights and rights. Um, so they would um, discuss projects already uh, when there were still ideas. Okay, so you took the same film approach. Exactly. We, already at the stage, we start the marketing, we start the hype, we start the building what this can turn into. Okay. Exactly. And we start also um, agreeing internally on what kind of um, what kind of project is this? Uh, what kind of scope does it have? What kind of potential does it have? And uh, what does that mean for the way uh, we're going to work with it? Interesting. And, and how did the book publishing industry respond to these changes? Very well, I think, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think everybody has agreed that it's a really great way of working um, and it's a great way to sort of um, align internally 
so we all agree on the scope and potential uh, of the of the projects that are being um, um, what's that called mm. that we decide to do. Yes, exactly. And um, and it's it's created a great uh, and a dialogue that can start very early on, uh, which is uh, which is which is a great thing. And so the author is also part of that whole process and gets to approve and see what's going on behind the scenes, not in terms, of, of course, of how the book is written, but in terms of how the sausage gets made on the marketing angle. Yes, yes. I mean, we always create a sort of collaborative sort of presentation for the author on how uh, we're going to uh, work with the book uh, in the different sort of special um, departments, you know, what how do we create the best sales strategy, marketing strategy, and press strategy that will support each other? And the authors were okay with this, these changes? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they just experienced this becoming, you know, by actually teaming up uh, and working more closely together, that it just became more sort of professional and, um, you know, just, I think they just felt they were in sort of very good professional hands so they were not a lone person sitting somewhere writing all by themselves exactly. there was a whole team trying to help them yes, so exactly since you just stopped uh, at the publisher literally last week how does one promote a book these days if we talk from a marketing perspective you start the early hype how do you build it up do you use social media do you go through the press how do you do you have a landing page for it do you have a special facebook page for it do, how do you in this day and age, how do you market a book? Really depends on the book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just as it also um, depends on, uh, yeah, de depends on what product you work with, really. I mean, um, but if you work with a book that has, you know, a big potential, um, and maybe a national book with a national author, um, so that you then it's easy to have easier to get access to the press and I think just as with films the press is crucial for anything that is you know any culturally related product is um, really depending on press coverage um, it's such a big driver and uh, just super important that you do a great press effort um, then we worked a lot with our sort of own channels uh, at Gutenberg and um, We've really focused on creating great content, um, doing, uh, you know, portraits of the authors, maybe in their homes, uh, where they're telling about the stories, because, you know, typically many stories, um, they come from also a very personal place. Um, so being able to move into sort of a more, sometimes a more personal space with them has been very interesting. Interesting, uh, and um, and and this content um, usually travels really well on social media. Um, especially, Facebook can really drive awareness and and create huge reach. I mean, I think we've had extraordinary success on our Facebook channels with many of our our own content productions. Um, and then you can say, for the publishing industry, we also rely a lot on our. Uh, retail partners uh, and they also have very very strong channels so 
providing them with, you know, great materials, you know, um, photos, text, uh, um, so many content is just super important so they can activate it in their channels. Um, and then I think we also use traditional media like, you know, addressable TV, print, outdoor, depending on the, depending on the campaign. But press, press and so me is just, is just super important. And um, what's the most challenging area when you were in the publishing industry? What was the place where it was most challenging to get the word out or the message out uh, about the book? Um, I think sometimes it's been really hard working with the international authors. Um, even if we had access to them, it was really hard sometimes to have the same attention from the press as you would have had with a international director or actor or actress. Um, in that sense, um, yeah, that, that part of the industry is, is a little more challenged, I think, in getting uh, as much attention as film, um, unfortunately. Uh, because some of these, these authors are the ones who then later on, you know, have provided the stories that then yeah, become films. The film. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so that's a little unfair, actually. Um, I think that has been, uh, I think that, that has sometimes been the hardest part, actually, compared okay. to uh, working with film. Hmm. Changing different businesses and now you're starting a new job tomorrow and you're also going to change business again, different business background. Um, and obviously, you don't know because you haven't started yet, but what do you think you can take with you from a marketing angle into your new job? I think this whole way of working collaboratively is very, very important for me. Um, I think, in a way, it's sometimes funny having that title as CMO uh, because the way I see it, there are many marketeers within a company. I mean, everybody who has a touch point uh, that connects them with the audience or customer is a marketeer, in my opinion. So um, I think in that sense, sometimes when I was head of distribution, it was kind of easy because I had both sales, PR and marketing um, as my responsibility. Uh, I mean, now when I work um, as a CMO, I sort of depend on having a great collaboration with head of sales or the whole sales department or a head of a customer service um, so that we can actually align and connect our whole approach to our customers together. Um, and in that sense, I, I, I still think I keep sort of um, using um, what I've learned from the film industry about you know, working together, many different types of stakeholders uh, with many different um, sort of ideas and approaches um, and sort of backgrounds. Uh, how do you do that? How do you create a room where everybody can feel um, that they're part of the same strategy and we understand our goals and that we're willing to figure out how to reach them in the best possible way? And that can also mean that, you know, if you have to divide budgets and stuff, you have to look at, you know, who needs this the most or, you know, which department will actually benefit the most um, from maybe having more budget. Uh, maybe that's not my department, but, the, but that's fair enough. Uh, so, so collaborative 
collectively working together is really important to me. Now, again, you're starting tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be a new day and stuff like that. But how do you, and that's interesting because CMOs, they come in, they typically place one, two, three years, and then they go to the next place and then they get hired by someone else and they do this tour, this carousel of, of different jobs. How, what's the challenge of starting a new job in a, in a company that you haven't started at yet? What are your concerns? What are your worries? And, you know, how are you going to affect and how much effect can you have on the marketing? Again, you haven't started yet, but what's your thoughts on that? Well, I really have no worries or concerns <laughs> at <Good>. all. <laughs> I'm a very optimistic person. So, um, <laughs> um, well, I'm just super excited. I mean, I think, um, I mean, it's such a joy uh, being able to move into a different industry and just, you know, open up and learn a lot about how do you do things and what works and what are the challenges and uh, what's the strategy uh, for the next three to five years. Um, and then, you know, being allowed to sort of look at how are we doing things now and and trying to come up with a plan on how to succeed. Um, and sometimes you find out that you have to make a lot of changes and sometimes you will find out that you should just um, build on whatever is already there because it works really well. Um, and that I have to start figuring out within the next few months at my new company, you know, what the state of the nation is. Um, but, but, but to me, it's been really just fun and a great learning process for me to change industries um, and to um, sit down with super talented colleagues, new colleagues, and learn from them. So, uh, so I think that whole learning process is actually what has made me sometimes jump off the cliff uh and um and and try something completely different with no fear with no fear i love that that's good <laughs> tomorrow you're starting a job at a company where you're selling houses is that correct they you're they're building houses so it's a little more investment than buying a movie ticket or buying a book you're buying for many people's life savings to go in and then buying a house What do you think? And again, you haven't started yet, but what do you think is going to be the challenges there? Well, I think as you pinpoint, it's a completely different um, sort of customer journey. It's much more complex. Um, and it really, um, there are really some people that are very important. And those are the whole sales department and the um, I don't know what they're called in English, but the ones that actually take care of the whole building process and oh, who's the, the main, the, <laughs> well, the builders, but sort of the the site manager, uh, the one who actually uh, makes sure that you know the the people buying a house they receive a great house that has been built. What is that called? Saying you got to help yeah, me. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Foreman. He's giving me a thumbs up. Yeah, <clears throat> correctly. Um, I mean, these people, they are, you know, at the forefront working with the clients. It's a very long client relationship um, over many, many months. And, uh, and even if you hand over the keys, 
um, you still have a responsibility as a builder for quite a while uh, after you've done that. Exactly. So, you know, this whole thing about quality and reassuring that things have been done right is very important. And I'm just very excited about working together with them because they have so much customer insight that, um, that we can use in marketing. So this whole dialogue uh, with them about what the foreman, the salespeople, you know, what kind of feedback do they get from clients? What do the client, clients wish? What kind of trends are they hearing, seeing? In the market, this is something that's going to be very important to tap into and and connect with them and and sort of transform it into and so it becomes part of our whole marketing. I think you can find a lot of great content with those, from those four men. I think there's a lot of stuff there. But let me ask a you the lot of questions. Stuff there. Yes, yeah. exactly. You can use and go out and spread because if they built with care and love and quality, that's going to show through in the content. Um, so when you start a new company, as you are tomorrow, what? What are you analyzing? What are you, what's the, in the first meetings, obviously you're going to go around and say hi to everyone. And I just find it so fascinating that you're in between jobs. So that's why I really want to talk to you before you start. And maybe we should have a follow up in three months time to see how it's going. But when you go in after you made a round and met everyone, what's the first things you want to see from an analytical point of view? I mean, sales, the process, what, where are you in, in terms of discovery? Because it's a business you have not been in before. Well, of course, I'm very keen to see the business plans uh, and, uh, you know, both the short term, long term, where we are right now, uh, sort of in the current year and the next three, five years. Um, and then, of course, assess the performance we're having uh, in the marketing department. Um, how, how does that align with these strategic plans? Um, and are we sort of on target because of you can say if we're on target, maybe I can take sort of a really deep breath and uh, and work with a more long term plan. And if uh, if we're not on target, it's a different story. And then we probably have to uh, adjust and look uh, at what um, what could maybe be uh, adjusted or what should we um, what should we try and develop uh, different approaches to. So uh, so I think that's the that's the very first phase. Okay, good. Um, So again, without really reading too much and tell me if I'm asking questions I shouldn't ask, but in the whole interview process, I'm sure you had multiple interviews with them. How much were they revealing at that time? Because you're still sort of dating, but you still get to know each other in the interview phase. They need to try to get to know you and you try to get to know them. How much are they revealing from their playbook or have they been open about that? Or is it first tomorrow you're going to discover everything? Um, Well, I think I have, um, a pretty good idea of uh, sort of the business goals, um, and uh, and I think you can uh, you can understand a lot uh, and learn a lot about a company just from reading their annual reports. It's a great place to start, uh, and um, yeah. So so I think I have a pretty good idea, but of course it's not till tomorrow I start looking much deeper into. State of Nation. If we go a little bit back to the, the, the book publisher and the one you just left, um, you mentioned before that it was really, really key that you use the press, the press as a marketing angle to get the, the story out there and, of course, some social media. Um, which campaigns were you the most proud of at Gutendale and, and why did they work in your opinion? 
I think it's really hard to pinpoint one campaign because I think to me it's been more about a way of working um, over the past two, three years. I mean, it's been a very volatile, volatile time with the um, Corona, like a pandemic, how often does that happen when you start in a new job? And it's been like that for everybody. Um, but I'm just very proud of the way we managed to really come together uh, as a team. And um, I mean, we work day and night. I felt during Corona, I didn't have a one day off uh, because all of a sudden people actually had time to read and also to start, um, you know, listening to books. Um, and I think we really um, managed to um, to use that opportunity together and uh, and work really hard together in bringing both. I mean, creating very very strong content uh, with our authors. I mean, we created sort of a daily. Um, author show um, that we uh, transmitted live and then um, we uh, created a streaming channel which was a very um, yeah I think it was a quite unique initiative just like born overnight um, but uh, but um, but it worked really well for us and uh, and that's where we actually learned this whole thing about how, how strong content we were able to produce ourselves um, and um, and the reach it could actually receive in uh, just through our own channels, which was great. Um, so so I think that's a result I'm actually quite proud of, like how the whole team just came together and worked together. I mean, just in a fantastic way. One more thing I'm proud of though is that um, last year we had the best-selling physical books on the big stage online bookstore called Saxo. And it's a non-fiction book about women in history that's been overseen, and um, and we um, we did better than you know some of the big biggest crime writers in Denmark, um, and uh, and that that I think is a very very uh, beautiful result. Great, congratulations! That's yeah, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. If you, as a CMO, what what are three things you wish somebody had taught you before you start as a CMO? What's Three things with advice that you wish someone had told you and you had to figure out yourself. Maybe how complex it is working as a CMO, because it really, really is. And I think mm, some people think, oh, being a CMO is about being creative and you do these campaigns and you work with exciting ad agencies and and um, and yeah, it's, it's all about storytelling and. And I think the whole thing about how big part of, you know, the business marketing is and has to be is, uh, is sometimes overlooked. Um, and I think also actually coming from, with my background, from sort of the film industry and publishing, um, you know, even more so people are thinking that, oh, it's just, you know, you, you just sell stories and, and sort of it seems like it's lightweight, you know? Yeah. And it's not really, I mean, you can say selling a film or selling a book is also a very complex process. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's business. I mean, it's no different from the sort of the more sort of, I don't know, um, 
you know, other industries like finance or medical, or it just seems like you're, you're a bit of a little more a hardcore CMO type if you work, uh, in sort of the medical or the finance industry. And, and I think maybe it's kind of overlooked sometimes that, uh, that, um, that, that having worked with, with culture is also, uh, it's also business. I mean, we're not doing it just for fun or, uh, because, uh, we're all philanthropists and, uh, I mean, we're also a little bit philanthropists, but, uh, but, but I think that's, that's just interesting, you know? What's, uh, what's most important to you? The content, the story or the numbers? Definitely the numbers, because yeah. if the numbers aren't there, you're not going to be able to make any stories. Um, so the numbers facilitate the story or the story will bring the numbers? Well, um, you know, you have to have a good story in order to bring in the good numbers. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's your job, isn't it? It is to be able to foresee, hopefully, uh, and have uh, enough knowledge to know what kind of story slash product uh, will work in the marketplace and will actually have uh, an audience or have customers. Um, and I always say at the end of the day, as a marketeer, you can do so much. I mean, you can create awareness um, and you can also um, create some desire, but when the product or the story uh, meets its audience, uh, it sort of has to um, stand by itself. And um, and if it doesn't, there will be no word of mouth and the customers won't, you know, come back. They won't recommend it. Um, and and if that's the case, then, um, then you just can't keep marketing something that doesn't work. Do you think this, it's too complex? I mean, there's too many options as a marketing? I mean, you can go... Let's go Facebook. Let's oh, let's go press. Let's go. Let's go a poster. No, let's make some great content. Let's let's have a Snapchat. Let's no, let's have a story on Instagram. Let's. I mean, is there too many choices, and is this too overwhelming, or do you just go one by one and try it out, or what? What's your what's your feeling about the multiple channels and opportunities to spend money and to test things out? I think you have to be very good at making choices. And you have to know your target group and you have to prioritize which channels are the most important in order to reach this target group. Because you can, you can definitely, um, get so many channels going. Um, and it just takes a lot of effort to do one channel well. I mean, if you just look at old media, um, a LinkedIn profile or a TikTok um, profile or your Facebook, they're completely different and they need different content. So if you don't have the resources to actually create the right content for them, it's probably better to choose which one is the most important for us and then just focus. Um, and that focus can, um, can be hard to, um, to explain sometimes, but, um, but I think that's what we all have to do because there are so many channels we need to um, look at and uh, work with and we can't do them all perfectly maybe so we talked a little bit about coming into a new company and analyzing and you mentioned business plans what are the goals of target are we on target are we behind but whenever you enter a new business whether it's film 
whether it's publishing, whether it's selling houses. Um, how do you analyze? I mean, you mentioned the target group before. Obviously, there's a difference between someone who's buying a book and there's a difference between someone buying a couple buying a house or a person buying a house. But how do you analyze that information through is it, what tools are you using, what software are you using, or is it just talking to everyone? What's your progress? What's your, what's your program, so to see? Well, it depends on what data is available. Um, <laughs> I think there will be a lot of data that will be very interesting to look at. Um, like what are the best-selling houses at the moment? What types uh, of houses are we selling in which areas of, uh, of Denmark? Uh, I'm sure that uh, is different also. Um, I would love to talk to uh, a lot of people internally, of course, in the sales department, customer service, um, uh, uh, sort of the building managers. Um, and then, of course, I would love to talk to some of our clients to see what are the their experience and um, what has been sort of, you know, the best, uh, best practice and where do they see um, potentially ways we could improve our the communication um, to to them, um, you know, during this whole this very very long customer journey process that that we have. So, so there will be uh, there will be a lot of a lot of data crunching and um, also a lot of qualitative data, just gathering and talking to people. And, and will you do surveys, or do you? Trying to approach some of the former customers and why did you buy this house? I mean, did you are you trying to get some some of that data as well? I would definitely do service if the service if they're not already there. But let's see. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's very very interesting. I love that you start a new job tomorrow. That's so exciting <laughs> to talk about someone who who's just on the verge to do something new. Mm -hmm. So it's just a yeah. really interesting. So, what's your advice to other CMOs out there? Um, I think my best advice is to um, to be a team player. Yeah. Um, that um, I think the best performance comes out of working within a great management group that really align 100% around, you know, the goals and, and just help each other uh, getting there. And that's also what is most fun, really, in working together. So um, So I think this whole... Thing about creating a great team and being part of a great team is important. Uh, Lisbeth, what is a what is a good CMO? I think uh, the key of being a great CMO is being part of a, a great management group uh, that has a strong vision, both short and long term, and can agree on priorities and goals. And um, and then then you start as a CMO looking at how do we in the marketing team support these priorities and goals. Um, and um, I think you can really help the entire organization by being the one um, that bring in the insights. Um, you know, what's going on in the market? Uh, what's the position of the brand? What trends should we be working with? Um, and uh, and what kind what is happening with consumer behavior because that's is also changing uh, rapidly at the moment um, and then I think you also have a task in setting your team and um, decide whether you want to hire specialists and having uh, many specialists uh, sort of in-house or whether you want to go and bring in partners um, and having agencies attached um, that's also a big decision to make. 
um, you have to understand the essence of brand building, um, which is essential um, when you work with a brand um, that has and has to function long term. Um, for me, that's a little different because often I have worked early on with sort of a film brand, a director brand, an author brand. Uh, it's been it's been a little different in a way in um, in working more with a with a product brand, if you know what I mean. Um, so uh, so I think that's um, that's very interesting. Um, the whole brand building part, um, and then I think today also. Consumer trust is just essential. We talked a little bit about it early on when we discussed, um, you know, how much can marketing actually create of a success if the product isn't there, and uh, and and we just can't. And if you uh, uh, are distrustful or you oversell or um, you greenwash, or you know, if you're not being authentic, uh, then you can be in really, really big trouble. At the end of the day, the, the house is going to have its quality. At the end of the day, the movie Absolutely. has to deliver what people are expecting. Exactly. I mean, you can you can sell, you can market, you can do a lot of stuff to get those exactly. people into the room. But at exactly. the end of the day, the, the product has to deliver. And exactly, yeah. and and again, I think uh, the whole. Um, consumer ambassador um, focus and just understanding how important the word of mouth is and no matter what product or service you're working with is uh, is essential so that's that's something I'm very focused on can you elaborate on consumer ambassador um, and how you work with them I think this is something also I learned from the film industry really is uh, you know how big a driver the word of mouth is um, if if a film doesn't get the word of mouth it needs, it will just, it will die, basically, within a very, very short time span. I mean, especially these days um, with so many, I mean, it just, news travels so fast. I mean, even before a cinema, a film sometimes hits cinema, it will already um, have earned sort of distrust because, uh, you know, the chatting about it is, is poor. Um, so, so I think I've learned the hard way how important um, the word of mouth is, um, and that you can just convey into any industry you're working with with consumers. Like you have to deliver uh, on product, and you have to the messaging around the product has to align with the um, the expectations. But do you identify consumer ambassadors and work with them as influencers, or do you find someone who's already a fan of the product or the film and you you use their voice, or how how do you collaborate with them? What's your opinion on that? Well, I think having um, you can definitely work with influencers, but I mean, when they're sponsored, you can say, of course, I think it's important if you do work with influencers that there is an authenticity in the choice of influencer and the product. You know, that they, even if it's a sponsored relationship, that they can truly feel that they're behind the product. I mean, if they're not, it doesn't work. Um, and, um, but, but you can't really sort of the general public opinion, uh, you can't really, um, you can't control. I mean, uh, 
you can't control word of mouth and sometimes things will receive uh, poor word of mouth and you don't understand it <laughs> because you think actually it's a great film or it's a great book but but it's important mm. Lisbeth, it's been absolutely a pleasure speaking to you. It's good to catch up again. Thank you so much. And let's see if we can maybe talk in three months and how the start of the sure. new job is. Yeah, that would be great, Thomas. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. At the end of each episode, we always bring in Saint. Saint is a producer in the background who is here to make us sound and look good. And it's always good to hear what Saint thinks about today's episode. So what are your thoughts, Saint? This was an exciting episode to listen to. I really enjoyed a lot of what Lisbeth had to say, um, particularly about taking the kind of brand creation ethos that she found in the film industry and yeah. bringing it into marketing in general. Yeah. Um, definitely like making marketing part of the development of a product. That was interesting. Mm. It, was. it was. That was surprising to me because... In the film industry, we did that. That is true. And it was part of this whole process you did. And taking that to other industries, I think that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's um and kind of using organization structure as part of the marketing tool, yeah. making sure that everyone involved kind of believes in it but also has a part in marketing it. Yes. Yeah. And also has, as you said, touch point throughout the whole thing. So they mm -hmm. don't get to hear about, hey, he's three weeks before the film comes out, the book comes out, now you get to know about it. So you're already involved in yeah. the early stages yeah. and can of course come with your opinion, have a collaborate talk on it. Because I'd never really thought of film in that sense of being like a brand creation machine because it's really to. what it is, because yeah. it's you're creating a brand that then has to exist by itself after you're done marketing yep. it. Yep. Um, and ideally that's what a business would be. And that's what a product would be is like, yep, you're creating the hype yep. and then the product carries it, uh, yep. carries it forward. So I think, yeah, that's really interesting and, and kind of working that organizational structure into marketing because a lot of the people that we've interviewed on this podcast have said that like the key to being, to, to success in marketing is making sure that everyone is having, everyone has yeah. that same message yeah. and that same uh, kind of driving force. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's true, it's true. We've had talks on previous episodes on, on the sales and marketing, how they collaborate, how crucial it is for them mm. to collaborate and by Doing it this at the early stage and yeah. brings it all in. Yeah. It makes everyone a key player in it. I, I think it's, yeah. I like what she's, where she's coming from. That um, The other thing she said that touched note with me, and like this will be no surprise to listeners of this podcast or to you and I, that uh, working with culture is still business. Like it's yeah. still like you can, working on a film can sound really exciting and creative, but you still got to pay attention to yeah. that the numbers side of yeah, things. Of and I think yeah. that is where Elizabeth said the numbers come yeah. first because they have to support the story. If you yeah. bring a story and the numbers don't support it, yeah. you have to let that story go yeah. and find another story. Yeah, she said that with a great definitive <laughs> numbers. There was no doubt <laughs> yeah. when she said that. Yeah. It was really like that. I, I also like that the way she's very calm. I mean, she's excited and she's, she's not worried at all. She's so excited about starting a new job tomorrow. So mm. I, I, yeah. Um, the numbers, absolutely. And then, yeah, maybe the story a little bit, but definitely the numbers. So, I mean, the story is important, but yeah. again, like if it's not supported, you have to let it go. Yeah. I think that is, that's a big part of yeah. Elizabeth's ethos and yeah. why she's so optimistic is yeah. it's like, 
if it's not working, we'll find something yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Kill your darlings. Get rid of it. Get, move on to the next one. Keep, keep, keep trying. Keep trying. Yeah. It's a very interesting, very interesting inter- interview. Yeah. No, I like it. And it's, it's so good too. As I said in the, in the episode, I just like that she's not, hasn't started yet. So we can get to yeah. that whole discussion <laughs> phase before that. So maybe we'll follow up in about three months and see Fingers what happens. Fingers crossed. She's still yeah. as optimistic. Then. <laughs> Please notice how she said, and I says, that at the end of the day, the product has to be good, right? Absolutely, so we have yeah. all tried to sell and market <laughs> films that were not that good, but we had to do it to get them out there. So just want to point that out. <laughs> Look, I, I think the, if the product engineers or whatever, they have also have to listen to the marketing department. Yeah, no, they have absolutely. to be on board from the start. <laughs> uh, this was good. It was good to, to talk to Lisbeth again. Thanks, Absolutely. Same. Thank you. Thank you for listening or watching Memorable Marketing by Media Group. As I mentioned before, if you want to find out how you can work with us or you want to contact me and speak to me, um, there's two ways of doing that. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, there should be something on the description of the video. Or if you're watching it on one of your podcast uh, platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, there'll be some a link in the description of, of my email address to how you can get in contact with me. And yes, I will read it. I will respond to email and I would love to hear your story and how we can help you, you know, learn with marketing. But if you want to work with us and get all the knowledge we have, then write to me and I look forward to hear from you. Uh, thanks again to uh, Thane for producing this. So thank you for listening. <laughs>